When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, pal Dino Joey, or Joey Awajan, Brave the Wild is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back and forward with you once again today. Also, again, we are a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board there. Really appreciate it. Lots of wonderful, wonderful shows out there. Um, obviously, San Jose Sharks, New Jersey Devils, I've had awesome, awesome shows. Definitely check them out. I've been retweeting them off and on. So, yes, uh, Vegas Golden Knights and Edmonton Oilers are in intermission. At the moment, I'm recording this Saturday night, so I'm doing my third Saturday night Brave the Wild. I kind of like doing it on Saturday night a little bit. Uh, hmm. Maybe so I'll be doing some off-season shows this way uh, as we go forward. We'll see. Saturdays, Sundays, here and there. It's definitely weekends most of the time. Maybe are like a rainy morning. If I can't do a lawn work, but uh, believe it or not, I'm doing this after lawn work and I feel okay. So not too beat up enough about me. This should be a one segment shot. The only reason I would split it into segments is to get the ads in because we do have two of them. Um, thanks to uh, DraftKings, who are our regular sponsor on, on the Hockey Podcast Network, not because of Brave the Wild, but because of the Hockey Podcast Network. And of course, um, Raycon, which is wonderful. Uh, great to have them on board during the month of May, and that's more a motivation for me to do the shows here in May during the postseason. And uh, yes, uh, it is an absolute pleasure. So, going to be kind of some some mailbag uh, lightning round from Derek Felska. I absolutely love love it very much. Kind of like follow up. That's like this show's main thing is kind of follow up for like the postseason pressers with the players and uh, obviously uh, Bill Guerin, Michael Russo exchange that. Obviously, got blown up on Twitter. It's like most of us that pay attention, you know, it's not a, it's not an actual fight or anything. It wasn't at all a fight. Um, just kind of, you know, Bill Guerin's just kind of pissed off about the end of the season, and uh, you know, a little bit of a interesting exchange about if the, is the season a failure, this and that. And it's ironic how about a week or so ago, when the Milwaukee Bucks got knocked out in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Uh, just like the Boston Bruins, the best record in the entire league for the season, getting knocked out in the first round. Uh, a reporter asked uh, Giannis, who obviously is the best player on the Bucks, and he's been a league MVP and all that, 
um, and he was the finals MVP a few years ago, uh, was the season a failure? And then Giannis kind of went into a long, like, thing about how, how, how is it a failure and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's a disappointing end, blah, 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 blah. So that type of deal. So I might as well jump into the whole failure thing right here, right now, since uh, it's kind of a little list of topics to get into. I have five things written down that are just kind of headliners, you can say. Obviously, the Billy versus Russo about is this season a failure? Okay, so bottom line, the regular season was a success. The, the regular season I consider a success, considering the salary cap situation and what the uh, and how the Wild did struggle for a time and were able to kind of right the ship, so to speak, and wonderful, wonderful trade deadline uh, moves that made a huge difference as far, as far as I'm concerned. So the regular season was a success. But uh, that does not mean the postseason was anywhere near a success. And anyone saying that it is that it was a failure is well, <laughs> if you're if you're being called a bad fan today, I think people are being. I do think most people are way off track calling you a bad fan for daring to say that uh, the end of the season was a failure. Yes, it was. The regular season was a success, considering the cap cons- uh, considering the cap situation. So that's kind of my point of view, my personal point of view. Now you got all these pending unrestricted free agents. Uh, good stuff. Nyquist, two point seven five, you know, million basically. Uh, Oscar Sundquist, same salary. Interestingly, considering how uh, productive Nyquist was, it's interesting to consider that. Obviously, incredible playmaking skills. Thirty-three of years of age already, which is kind of surprising. Uh, Ryan Reeves, one point seven five. Uh, all unrestricted free agents. All three of these guys. Um, I'd love to bring Sunquist back, considering his position, and he's been a winner in the postseason. He's and he's under thirty, believe it or not. Ryan Reeves is thirty-six now, thirty-five into thirty-six, all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be super interesting. Um, at most, you're probably looking at like one million, one, uh, one year, one million. And would Ryan Reeves take that? Maybe one point two five, maybe. Um, so that's kind of conversation. Yes, I'm kind of branching all over the place here, and I apologize. I should probably get back to the Billy versus Russo season failure thing because uh, we could talk about contracts near the end of this, uh, the uh, the general topics, and then of course we jump into the fan interaction, and I may merge them into the whole conversation anyway. Um, so, yeah, it's it you know I I understand Billy Billy G's point of view generally speaking, like uh, why would you call it a failure and this and that and. There's a bigger goal, you know, than just getting to the second round. And then Russo came back, well, you have to get to the second round to get to the Stanley Cup final and win it and all that. Yeah, honestly, they're both right. It's just kind of a frustrating situation. Like, yeah, this is, you know, it was a bullcrap end of the season. You know, this team competed. This team looked like they could have done something in the playoffs. And then when the playoffs showed up, it was kind of like, uh, kind of like a broken record, kind of like last season. Everything looked semi-promising. Heck, we had home ice advantage in the first round, didn't we? And we didn't take advantage of the home ice advantage. <laughs> we just didn't at all. Um, our home record has sucked the entire postseason history of the franchise, and I've gotten into that probably too many times. Most of you are probably like, oh, don't do it again, Joey, please. I won't this time, okay? I'll probably bring it up again in the future, though. So so don't think I'm done. <laughs> Especially if the Wild have home ice advantage in the first round next year. You will be reminded of the wild history in a series where they had home ice advantage. It's going to have to happen um, because things need to change. It needs to change. Um, About getting to the second round, yeah, sure. It would be nice to get to the second round. Does it make the season a smashing success? 
Of course not. It would just be... Uh, the regular season was a success in its own right. The fact that you ended up having your quote-unquote backup goalie become a legitimate starting goalie in this league. Um, the fact that, well, you were able to overcome Kirill Kaprizov's injury and see Matt Boldy get to 30 goals, which was really nice. And then after that, he stopped playing, it seemed like, which is really weird. I... <sighs> Your bet is as good as mine. Your guess is as good as mine as to why that happened other than mental. Like mental, not in an insult, just it's a mental thing. You just think, oh, oh the the big cat is back, so now i got to go back into the corner. Big, big brother's back, so i got to go back in the corner. You know, I mean, heck, let's just, let's just say I have a friend who was a, a, a bowler, who was a really good bowler, but his brother was the best bowler on the team. And then... Um, um, the the little bowl the the little brother started his own little bowling team you know like obviously the uh, started his own little private bowling team for fun and this and that and then it's like him and his friend ended up bowling way better than they had in the past when they were in high school because now they're young adults but then the big brother came to join on the team and you think this is going to be a superb team and then the little brother who was a star suddenly wasn't because it was weird and then he didn't he suddenly started to not bowl as well as uh, he was before the big brother came. True story. True story. It was a mental thing. And that's, I guess, kind of what happened to Boldy. That's my personal assessment of it. Other than, come on, dude, step it up and stop playing like a... um, Stop being something. Stop being what Arnold Schwarzenegger called guys in movies. Stop being such a... Starts with a P, ends with a Y. That kind of thing. Um, That's probably what Bill Guerin said in a lot of ways. Because, yeah... That's where the frustration came in. That's kind of like merging into the other topic. Matt Boldy got a licking from Bill Billy G about being too cute and not going to the net at all in the playoffs. Yeah, he got a licking where it looked like um, Boldy was like, you know, shell shocked. He'd been the crap beat out of him. Yes, I'm. Yes, I'm paraphrasing what Russo said about the shell shocked part. Yes, okay, fine. I, I'm admitting it, but it's been reported by Michael Russo. Okay, and then, <laughs> but we also all saw the same thing. We saw a guy who just wasn't the same guy who was kicking some major butt, you know, putting the shot on net, being aggressive, and looking like a guy that could be uh, somebody that you'd really have uh, a great feeling of for the future of your franchise as being the best or second best player on the team, depending on the situation, kind of like uh, Kevin Fiala. A um, couple of years back when we ended up losing in the bleeping bubble, Kevin Fiala had emerged as the best player on the team for, for, for that period. And before that, he was skittish coming off of a broken femur. Um, Boldy looked like a star, and then all of a sudden he became skittish again. And it's like, come on, man. And Boldy had been skittish for an extended period. So basically, uh, and unfortunately, just just the playoffs are different. Um, the playoffs are different. Uh, we saw guys, you know, kind of putting the shot on net, and some, and it works sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, but as long as you're getting the shot on net, that's a start. But in, in the playoffs, it, it is a different game. I mean, you literally have to kind of, you know, you have to muck it up. You have to get the crap beat out of you. You have to do what it takes. Maybe that's the real reason why guys wear playoff beards. It covers up all the scrapes and injuries and such on their, possibly on their pretty face, so to speak, when they're, you know, going to the net. It's just how it is. Um, <laughs> and I'm making that up, but I'm just having fun. But maybe that is the original reason. Vegas finally scored. Apparently they were trailing five to Zilchis, to the future Stanley Cup champion Edmonton Oilers, according to some. Um, put it this way, though, if Edmonton plays like they have been, there's a there's a there's a chance Edmonton could win the Stanley Cup this year. Sure, um, sure, 
is it a complete team like the old days? Uh, no. <laughs> no. The closest thing to that was Boston, and, well, for some reason, President's Trophy teams don't win. I didn't, uh, Again, why that is, I don't know. They just don't. They just don't. It's kind of like the Minnesota Vikings. They make the playoffs and they stop playing for some reason. But that's a Minnesota thing. That's a little different. Um, um, so, again, we, we kind of merge all the topics together as we go. This and that. I mean, it is all kind of relative. Again, um, but, yeah, Boldy just simply needs to, you know, show that. And like I was saying on the last, whoa, that was a good hit. As I was saying on the last episode, whew, and the last episode about how, you know, before we even had this conversation about Boldy being too cute or this or that, it was, yeah, I mean, it was kind of related. Like, the guy needs to bulk up. Like, he, he didn't look, plain and simple, he didn't look confident out there. He didn't look confident out there. That's where the whole mental thing comes in, too. He didn't look confident out there. Uh, he just kind of looked like a guy who was kind of in over his head a little bit. You know, that's where the too cute stuff comes in. He was kind of maybe in over his head, wasn't really confident, kind of played like a guy who was, it was in like his first couple of weeks in the in the post, uh, in first couple of weeks in the NHL, and bam, it's the postseason, and it's the Dallas Stars. Holy crap. It's the Dallas Stars. Um, oh boy, now, now what? Okay, let's see if I can get that shot. Okay, well, it, it was on net at least. You know, rather than mucking it up, this and that. Um, no, the, the the guy needs to bulk up more. He still kind of has that boyish look. I'm sure he's a tough guy. Who I'm sure he's a lot tougher than, you know, like say, far be it for me to go and try to take on Matt Boldy out there, where he'd probably have me laying on the ice crying. <laughs> probably, anyway. But just saying, compared to the other NHL players, yeah, I mean, the other NHL players, the, the veterans, the grown men, this and that, it would be an interesting situation out there, and Boldy needs to—he he needs to get stronger. He needs to get stronger, more confident, more swagger, so to speak. And that's kind of the next step in Boldy's career. That needs to happen, and with that will come more consistency. Plain and simple. Amina, uh, amina, right? <laughs> no, I'm teasing, kind of. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury was willing, uh, basically, was asked by you know the Russos of the world. Yes, and yes, Russo was the one that actually asked the specific question. And it was kind of an ongoing thing about how, yes, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury, yeah, I'm tired of moving. You know, I, I was with Vegas, for, you know, I was with Penguins forever, and then Vegas for an, for an extended period, and then all of a sudden it's Chicago and then Minnesota. It's like, okay, I'm tired of moving. I, I'd, I'd like to stick around. Even as a backup goalie, would, would, you be willing to, uh, would you be willing to be the backup? He's like, um, yeah, of course. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing to hear. And Marc-Andre Fleury has been the backup before, of course, and he was backup with Robin Leonard at times, even in, in Vegas. Um, and, of course, he was the backup with uh, Matt Murray, uh, who ended up winning the Stanley Cup. It was during two playoff runs that, uh, uh, two playoff runs and one whole regular season, basically, where Marc-Andre Fleury had become one of the better backups in the NHL and before moving on to Vegas in the expansion draft with that big salary he had at the time and all of that. So, um, <clears throat> where they were able to move on, like, hey, you know, let him have his full playing time and everything again, gets to help start out a new team in a new city, and they almost won the Stanley Cup until they went into a buzzsaw called Washington at the time. Um, but yeah, Fleury's been a backup before. He wasn't tearing the room down, and he was a better goalie than he is now. Marc-Andre Fleury clearly is, and clearly is, clearly, clearly <laughs> is <laughs> a, a ba- he is an average goalie now. He, he's an average goalie, and I said that on the last episode. I probably said it on the four other episodes, four out of the last five episodes. He's an average goalie at this stage of his career. 
And it first started showing with Chicago. And he came here and he was about the same as he was with Chicago. Not quite as bad, but about the same. Chicago was a bleeping mess. Chicago was starting over and players were bored and disinterested uh, with a few exceptions. So that kind of was what that was. <clears throat> but the, the Minnesota Wild defense has not been as good the last couple of years. Not until Brock Faber came on anyway, where you're actually seeing some real legitimate super professional defense out there from a guy who gave up zero goals when he was on the ice during the playoffs. So that's an extremely encouraging sign um, with Brock Faber. So, uh, and he already sounds like he could be <laughs> like a veteran leader on the team. He's, he's not, but he could be in the not-too-distant future. Eventually, they're probably going to have to have certain player. Well, obviously, certain players are not going to be here anymore. One specifically, a right-shot defenseman who was um, on the second pairing, who was probably going to be replaced by a right-shot defenseman on the second pairing next year, probably. So, again, we'll get to that very shortly. Um, but that's kind of where things are with uh, all, all of that. Um, the defensemen weren't real good in front of Marc-Andre Fleury, and, and Gustafson at times during the season. And they certainly weren't last year either. It was a huge mess. Last year was kind of a little bit of everything. Neutral zone, uh, turnovers and such. And that, that's kind of plagued this team forever. So that's an ongoing blah bitty blah situation with myself here over babbling here at the moment. Uh, Drew Erickson Egg apparently had a broken fibula. Was it? Did it officially break when he took that single shift in game number three? Well, that was not clarified at all. He may have already had a broken bone, and that might be why it was like, okay, forget it. Um, you know, I mean, some sometimes you just don't know. Uh, and not to make it about me, because it's not about me. It's about Julius and Eck here. But it's just kind of relating the situation a little bit. I had a crack in my uh, um, scaphoid bone in my wrist, and I played basketball with it. And I didn't, you know, because before I thought they, the doctor had an inconclusive x-ray on the wrist. And then it's like, man, it hurts like hell, but I'm I'm okay for now. And but the pain just never went away, and it just never went away. And it, clearly, I I couldn't hang on to the ball like I normally could. Now this is just casual basketball. This isn't like I was in some kind of varsity or anything at the time. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of casual basketball, but out playing and all that. But clearly something wasn't right, and eventually, oh, it's broken. Crap. <laughs> no wonder the discomfort. Now imagine putting your whole body pressure on a broken bone in your ankle or your leg, so to speak. It's like the bottom of your leg, basically, that connects to your ankle. That's how the fibula is. Um, and ju yeah, that's what I'm trying to say here. It's one thing to shoot a basketball with your right wrist, your shooting wrist, right? It's another thing to have your, you know, your body weight on skates and making turns. And then it's like, oh, shit, pardon my French, I'm out of here. And that's kind of what happened. It was like, and he, and he was skating just fine, but then, see, when you're, you know, during practice and everything, I guess he was kind of like, you know, doing the skating, the conditioning that players do. That, you know, I, I wouldn't know anything about that. Now, would I? No, no, I wouldn't. Some of you might, but I wouldn't. <laughs> I need to get in better shape, and I need to get out there and skate in the winter and in the summer. Yes, I do. I think uh, all of us should. It's probably really good for your health. Actually, in fact, it is. Um... But just imagine that, though. See, playing in an NHL game, it's so different. There's just more. You're, you're skating for real on an actual shift in an NHL playoff game. And then it's like, oh, S-bomb. Oh, shit. The pain. The holy crap. Because there's nothing like a broken bone. There is an added level of pain with a, uh, with a broken bone, even versus a bruise. Bruises hurt like hell. 
But then there's that magical extra level of pain with a broken bone. Even if it's just a crack, it is insane. Um, and uh, yes, that's what uh, happened. And um, unfortunately, so that, he had a broken uh, fibula. Damn it. Uh, and uh, well, can't wait to see him next year. And what a wonderful few steps he took forward this year. I think he took multiple steps forward in this, this season. Or at least one giant step. Uh, wonderful year for Drew Larkzanek. And, you know, him not being there certainly did not help the Wild's chances in the playoffs. But it kind of looked like they had a chance. It really did. Games number one and three looked like the Wild had a chance. But then Dallas did a Pittsburgh Penguins, basically. Um, maybe not quite as bad. Like scoring the first four goals and... Uh, yeah, it was like the first four goals in playoff history or something. Stanley Cup final history in game number four. Uh, the Stanley Cup final back in nine finals. Like, I'd rather keep it that way back in 91. Um, and then fans were like, what the hell just happened here? And then after that, Pittsburgh just buzzed the wild right out of the Stanley Cup finals of 91. And um, it was kind of almost like that, in a way. Took game one, you took game three. Holy crap, we're going to win this thing? No, you're not. <laughs> it was sad. And that's kind of what happened with St. Louis. But Dallas is better than last year's St. Louis team, let's just say. Um, so about all the free agents people were talking about, I am I'm I was personally hoping for Gustav Nyquist because I love what he does out there. I really was impressed with Gustav Nyquist. He's, he's getting older, unfortunately. Um, uh, you still have, uh, you know, you know, Klingberg is, a, is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Sunquist is an unrestricted free agent. Nyquist and Mojo. Marcus Johansson. Well, it looks like Marcus Johansson, at the very least, thanks to his uh, chemistry with Boldy, particularly during that red-hot run, earned him at least two more years with the Minnesota Wild. Uh, another guy who's tired of moving around and willing to stick around um, actually got a small raise as well because he was only making how much? Only making 1.1. I mean, that's about what I'd offer uh, Mr. Ryan Reeves if he'd be willing to do that for one single year, maybe two, maybe two, uh, during the cap hell situation. It kind of is what it is. Uh, but Marcus Johansson, two years, or two years, two million per going forward. So he'll be here during both cap hell years, as with the, the maximum cap hell, so to speak. And then in the summer of 25, we finally get a huge break, and we're down to, what, like 1.6 whatever million, because like 800,000 plus for each player. No? Yeah, yeah, one point, all sixes after that. <laughs> million in the Suter and Parisi uh, dead cap situation. A two million jump in it. This year was the huge build-up. See, the first year, okay, we were in that one point deal. It was really small and everything. It was wonderful to not be a huge problem right away. That's why we were able to keep uh, Kevin Fiala for one more year. <sighs> Didn't, yeah, but thank God we were still able to trade him for Faber and all that. But, um, yep, and then a two, yep, so it went from, uh, it went up to 12.743588. Now it's 14.73588 for this year and the next, and then you get a $13.1 million break in cap space in the summer of 25. That is going to feel really nice. <laughs> really, really nice indeed. Um, yeah. So we're going to get to some more conversation here briefly. I'm going to jump into DraftKings right now, right here and right now, just for the sake of making sure that uh, I get it in there. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 of bonus bets instantly. So yes, really excited about that. 
no question about it. Um, <laughs> most people probably had Vegas ahead, but then again, Edmonton Oilers came into this one at minus 205, so that was probably a better way to go. Uh, most people had to assume that Edmonton was probably going to tie the sucker up. Minus 205, uh, Vegas was plus 165. Going into Sunday, though, the Carolina Hurricanes were just kicking major butoxes. Sunday, May the 7th, uh, Carolina minus 230, New Jersey 195. The Toronto and Florida series, Toronto plus 180, Florida 210. Dang, dang, Florida, what is going on there? Uh, head to Seattle, the Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars plus 185. The Seattle Kraken one, or well, excuse me, minus 215. So we're going to get back into the postseason here very shortly. Um, apologize for my uh, going back and forth here, but I, I wanted to get that in right time, right place. Uh, again, Marcus Johansson, two years, two million added. Matt Bullity, the seven million is just kicking in. So there's nine million dollars uh, on the uh, list here that wasn't that wouldn't have been there otherwise. You can't lose Bullity though; that would have been terrible. Marcus Johansson, I mean, hey, if he has a good uh, connection with Matt Boldy, good for him. Freddie Goudreau also signed a five-year extension, 2.1, so he will be here well after the cap hill is gone. Uh, Brandon DeHame, he's a guy I think the Wild absolutely keep. Uh, Mason Shaw, same thing. I, I think you want to keep both of them. Mason Shaw is 24, Brandon DeHame is 25. Connor Dewar, uh, we don't have to worry about him until next year, only 800000 so good deal there. Sam Steele, I think if you have to Keep one, keep the other, that type of deal with Duhame and all them. I think Steele's the odd man out out of that group, even though he plays an important position called center. But, um, yeah, Brandon Duhame, I think there's something there. If the son of a gun can stay healthy, there's something there. And Shaw, there's absolutely something there. Again, if he can stay healthy. And I hope he does. <laughs> um, Matt Zuccarillo, you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place with him. He was extremely disappointing. Uh, yet, you get rid of him. Kirill Kaprizov, I mean, it's, he's the last guy you want to piss off right now, so you have that to think about and consider. Um, uh, odds of keeping Nyquist, very slim. Uh, Sunquist, maybe, if you can get him down, but um, maybe, maybe not. He plays an all-important position. but um, And, of course, you can only call up uh, so many of the young guys. So many of the young guys are actually ready to play in the National Hockey League at this stage. Um, it can't be just all young guys. Uh, coming up, like somebody went as far uh, during one of the Russo questions on the show. Uh, what what what's it called? Uh, straight from the source, they asked him as far. They asked him like, "Yeah, are we going to really go super young?" And uh, despite the fact they're inexperienced, because you know why the heck not? Like even like a Carson Lambos, and it's like no 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 no. And earlier in the year, when I was talking about Carson Lambos playing on the Wild next year, I was thinking if he ever did, it would be like a game. It would be like a game. Like what the hell? That's all it would be. I was not considering Carson Lambos being on the Wild next season. Um, if young guys are going to be on the Wild for an extended period, if it's 10 games, if it's 5 games, if it's 50 games, and obviously 50 might be far-fetched for some of them, but we could be talking about probably Damon Hunt or O'Rourke. It sounds like Damon Hunt is actually slightly further along than O'Rourke, actually, which is a little surprising. I thought it would be O'Rourke, but Hunt is a really talented guy. Um... I think he slipped a little further, in, a little bit further in the draft in 2020 because of a, a injury slash sickness situation kind of type of thing. So it was kind of weird. Um, so the whole mystery behind that may have scared people off a tiny bit, and that's why he slipped to 65th. But Damon Hunt is a hell of a player, and um, obviously he's not necessarily a future star unless unless he is, I guess. But I, I doubt it. 
but he'll at least be, he's at least a legitimate building block to the defensive core to the Minnesota Wild future. And I do see uh, Ryan O'Rourke similarly, uh, with a little less offensive talent. The Damon Hunt. Uh, neither one of them showed a whole lot of offensive ability in Iowa this year, but they're just getting started and getting used to the defensive part of the game. Who's Nadinov? A lot of people believe that he will be an NHL player when he comes to the uh, United States. I agree. Um, I think he'll be far enough along in his career. And again, the position of need. It's a combination of need along with the fact that he plays a defensive game already. That's a huge thing. It's not like, oh boy, he's got to get it. He's got to play a defensive game. Like even like a guy like a Marion Gabrick, it's like, come on, man. You know, you got to play two sides a little better. You know, like the Boldies, like the probable Dimitras way back in the day. God rest his soul. But um, so that's your situation there with some of the young guys and all that. Marco Rossi is is he gonna make it? Is he gonna make it, or is he the is he a worse version of Ben Mapulia? Uh One assist in twenty one NHL games is kind of scary. Kind of scary. Um, it's, I don't know, for a guy as touted uh, as he was, it's kind of scary. Um, we're, we're way past that, that one year that he missed now. That's long gone, folks. Long gone. And I, I would hope he's the last person that want to even use that as a crutch in any form because that, that'd be embarrassing. So I truly doubt he even wants that. Um, Ugrin and Yurov look extremely promising. Obviously, they will not be on the Minnesota Wild next season. Duh. Uh, Lambos will be getting his feet wet in the AHL next year. I'm very excited about that. Guys like Lambos, possibly Jack Pert. Um, we'll see. Jack Pert's probably going to go back to the uh, St. Cloud State Huskies, I think, right? He didn't sign a professional contract yet. Caden uh, Bankier, yeah. Oh, very, very excited. Kyle Masters as well. They're eligible to be on the Iowa Wild. Going from juniors to Iowa versus college to Iowa. Usually college players hang around three years, honestly, sometimes four, so we'll have to wait and see with that. Uh, Swainy, guys like that. So who are going to fill some of those gaps? Hard to say. Um, so mm-mm-mm. it's yeah, it's it's hard to say who's going to fill some of those gaps. So uh, obviously you're going to want some veterans on the team. Uh, Sunquist, I think, again, the fact that his uh, position is a huge value, uh, he's won cups, or a cup anyway. He's won a Stanley Cup with St. Louis. And, I don't know, he was he was a piece. He was a piece. He's clearly got talent. It was really strange that he, oh boy. It was really strange that he uh, didn't, that's too bad. It was really strange that he uh, didn't um, get a whole lot of ice time in the postseason. In fact, really, yeah, basically not at all. So, it's a damn shame. I feel, you know, it's, it, it felt like a huge waste. Like, he should have been out there. And wasn't the whole point of getting him was because of his playoff experience and his extremely valuable position. So it's it's just a, you know, it's a doggone shame. Maybe the Wild bring him back. Maybe they don't. But uh, Marcus Johansson is back. Uh, did I end the topics? Am I done babbling about the topics? Yes, yes, I am. For the time being, anyway. And then, uh, so now, right before we get to fan interaction, let's hear from Raycon. Raycon, right here and right now. Let's face it, with coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. <laughs> Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently, solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate or dupe is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio 
at the perfect price point so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Unless at work, they won't let you, which is annoying. But <laughs> Otherwise, the quality of these things is legitimate, and I've been a fan for years. I'm not just saying this because there's an ad in front of me. This is the real thing. Um, I am a fan of Raycon earbuds. I have a blue pair that I've had for at least two years. Originally got it off the Angry Video Game Nerd ad, so why the heck not? I think it was 10%. This one's 15%, so definitely something worth it. And I can absolutely vouch for the quality uh, and the the more realistic price or the more reasonable price compared to like some of them out there that are way up there, like 200 bucks. That's crazy. So this is much more reasonable. Um, Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. Yeah, these are not the $30 ones that sound you know, yeah, they're not like that. Those are out there. These are not <laughs> the, the type. Uh, you can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other big name tech brands out there. Yep. We don't need to name names, do we? Raycon knows <laughs> that in this economy, <laughs> and the economy, we don't need to name names either. Every purchase needs to be perfect. <laughs> they offer buy now, pay later options. Right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. Crazy. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Absolutely sweet. Three customizable uh, sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, and I can vouch for that absolutely. It's about my noisy job, particularly in the lunchroom, but yeah, anywhere. Awareness mode, customizable gel tips for the perfect quality, most comfortable in-ear fit, Crystal clear call quality. Yes, absolutely. Water and sweat resistant, which is awesome. Eight hours of play time. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. They're not going to just up and die on you like some of those more expensive ones, by the way. Um, so that is my personal endorsement, but also, again, the other things like noise isolation, all that. Yep, absolutely. Uh, go to buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's the Hockey Podcast Network today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's right. <laughs> so let's head over to Fan Interaction Time. Let's uh, hashtag BTWMN is how we like to do it. Of course, I'm about as prepared as a goofball, but what else is new? May the 1st be with you. May the 4th be with you. Yep, May the 1st, May Day, May Day. I did a show last week on Sunday night, I believe. That was May 1st? Or was that Saturday night? I think that was Sunday. Yeah, that was Sunday night. I did a show. That was Monday. Or did I do it Sunday night? Nope, I did do it on Monday morning, I guess. Weird. It must have been very strange. One and done deja vu. Yep, so that was the most recent episode. This one, again, is kind of getting caught up and all that. Uh, yeah, yep, I just read something funny. That one has to stay private. Um, <laughs> it's Yeah, true, true. Yep. <laughs> Let's just say I agree with something Derek Falska said. Um, yep, in the private message conversations. Um... Oh, 
did I vote? I believe I did. Yeah, yep. Uh, one of those polls here. Uh, and again, I believe there's a show coming tomorrow, though I haven't seen any uh, bat signals sent out yet. About, uh, you have to comment away, so to speak, um, from uh, Crease and Assist. But hashtag Crease Assist, you want to comment on that show. Hashtag BTWMN, comment on mine. And you could even put the hashtag on both, I think. But, well, maybe I shouldn't, I shouldn't uh, speak for Derek, though. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, me, personally, I wouldn't be offended at all if you did that. Derek, if you like that, that's cool. If, if not, I understand as well. So, what was I hashtagging? BTW, man. Yep, Flurry wants to return to Wild even as a backup. Yep, and I talked about that. I was just posting it out there. I believe there's a comment response. Derek Felska says, probably the best option at uh, this point with one year left on his contract. I am pretty ambient about it. Meh. Yeah, about kind of bringing him back. Yeah, it's like he's average at best, but at least we'll keep him for now and so on so so forth. 3.5 million is the crappy part. Kind of expensive for a backup, but what are you going to do, right? What the hell can you do? Um, yep, the wild sign. Johansson, three year, $4 million. The Derek Felska, again, this is hashtag crease assist. Hashtag crease assist. A uh, poll he put up. This one's a two answer poll, agree or disagree. General manager Bill Guerin said he did not view the 2022 2023 season as a failure. Do you agree with that assessment? For the regular season, yes. For the postseason, no. The postseason was was a dismal failure. Dismal. For the regular season, um, I agree that it was a successful regular season. But successful regular seasons don't mean a whole lot. The Boston Bruins are not happy right now after their record-breaking regular season. Believe me. Um, believe me. You know, and remember... Colorado a few years ago got the President's Trophy. Vegas got the President's Trophy a few years ago. Were they happy with it? No, of course not. They didn't win the Stanley Cup. They did not. So that sucks. It's, it's no fun having just a good regular season. The 13-4 and four Minnesota Vikings, was that a successful season? Yeah, in the regular season, for the most part. The, the, the defense was freaking awful, but um, the offense was freaking awesome. And then in the playoffs, they both sucked. It was checked down Charlie on offense, and the defense was horseshit. There, now that's my third swear word on the show. Uh, I'm going to get an E rating real soon. Not for everyone, but explicit. There ain't no everyone going on here. <laughs> no. Uh, and I'm not trying to isolate anybody that might be annoyed with me swearing, so I do apologize. Um, yeah. Man, a lot of people voted on that, and Disagree is the leader at the moment with only eight minutes left. So by the time this show's over, the poll will be done and disagree will be elected president of the uh, postseason decision, or that's your verdict, 52% to 48. Now that I've babbled enough, sorry, keep going. Uh, Goudreau, to ha oh yeah, the other one, ab abdominal surgery. Apparently he had, uh, um, yeah, he had an abdominal injury. I thought it was kind of hernia related, and he'd been playing with it for months, apparently, him being... Uh, Frederick Goudreau, Freddie Goudreau had play was so he played pretty darn well for such a painful injury. Oh, scary stuff there, no doubt about it. Uh, Derek Felska with a little share here from Paul Lucas, FYI, hashtag BGWMN. The designer of one of the universe's great logos has passed away. Mm, I better click on this here. Let's do some clicking. Oh, that's the Hartford Whaler logo. Oh, well, man, that sucks. Peter Good, who designed the Hartford Whalers logo, 
has died. Peter Good, we will give you a moment of silence. And now, we are going to give you a brass bonanza. You're good. All the respect in the world. Thank you, Derek, for sharing that. This this one slipped through. I did not see this. Uh, Paul Lucas, I'm going to give you a follow. Well, good luck with that. He's not going to follow back. 140,000 followers, but it's not about me. Um, thank you for the great tweet, and thank you so much, Derek, for the um, for sharing it with me. That was uh, very nice of you. I appreciate that. Um, man, I am a huge, huge, huge fan of the Harper Whalers. Um, North Stars and Hartford Whalers have my heart forever and ever and ever. And wouldn't you know, they'd both leave town. They'd both lose their name, their logo, their uniforms. It sucks, man. It, it breaks my absolutely breaks my heart. So, uh, great logo. And, of course, the hidden H in the middle is one of the coolest things that I didn't even notice until just a few years ago. You realize that? Yeah. There's a there's an H in the middle, like in the, uh, you know, the blank part, just in case like maybe you're a newbie or or you just don't uh, pay attention to that kind of thing, that type of thing. Or But yeah, uh, again, you're new to hockey maybe or you're new to, you're just a younger person and you didn't really pay attention to the Hartford Whalers. There's an H in the middle. Now, some of you may have just seen that anyway just by default. I'm not one of those people. I wish I did. I wish I did. I'm not stupid, but I did not see that one. Um, I was writing thoughts on what the, yep, I, I, this is my bad signal, thoughts on what was said in the pressers and this and that. So it's kind of follow-up. Um, I believe the other people, yep, and you want to always hashtag, yep, Brian Herrera, Jay Bushy, thank you guys so much. And, of course, the Derek Felska lightning round is coming. Jay Bushy opens things off, though. He's, he's leading off with a home run, right? Just like Byron Buxton. No, Buxton doesn't lead off anymore, though. He's like number three. But, uh, sorry, <laughs> when Buxton used to lead off and he hit home runs. <laughs> Cap Hill starts next season. And you know what? It was here this year, too. It's just that it hits its maximum peak. See, this was kind of like, you know what this year was? So you consider the next two years the total eclipse. See, this is like when the eclipse is already, like, say the sun's already majorly affected. It's like 80% covered. It's like a banana. You know, this is during a total eclipse and everything. See, the next two years are the total eclipse. But we, it was already like a banana. So you, you, you put on those special uh, lenses so your eyes are safe, so to speak, and you can look up 
And you're like, dang, it's just a little banana. That's all that's left of the sun. That was this past year. But no, next year, the uh, salary cap hill really hits uh, the fan, literally, and you get the uh, corona. We're going to get the corona of the Parisi Studer salary cap type of deal. Okay, I think you've got my point. I've taken that too long. Tom Hayen responds to him with, uh, cheap guys have to step up or the, uh, or the team will be in the lottery. And I'll get back to what Jay said shortly. I'll just get to the replies here. Derek Felska says, I wouldn't have a problem if they went to the lottery for a change, although it would be refreshing to see cheap guys step out, step up too. Wouldn't that be cool? This kind of goes for a little bit. Yep, Steve Snyder, I agree. Seems like it may be time to see what these young guns have or don't have. And Derek Felska wraps up the thread saying, the only issue, most of the... Uh, the most of the forward young guns won't be over here yet. Yeah, see, exactly. That's the problem. The young, the forward ones, there's not really much going on yet. Um, there really isn't. Like, uh, Duhame and Dewar were kind of guys that were floating around in Iowa, and, you know, and all that. And like, oh, you know, it, it's their time. Here we go. Um, so thankfully we have them. But then uh, some of the other guys that are super young, like Hunter Hayden and stuff, they're, they're not ready. So, and then... Uh, Okay, so I better finish what Derek's saying here. Uh, that those guys won't be here yet. The defense ones will be in Iowa. Yep. Um, although for the bottom six, maybe it's a chance if we see a Damon Giroux or Sammy Walker have the NHL chops for a full season. And I would be very happy if that happened. Uh, Damien Giroux got an assist in the one game he played, which is actually really encouraging considering he had a pretty lousy year and a half so far in Iowa. Not been good, uh, like the last year and a half. Sammy Walker looked absolutely great. Unfortunately, he's a little bit older, too, kind of like DeHame. Slightly younger than him, but you get the idea, like when you play like a lot of years in college. So as for Jay Bushy, Cap Hill starts next season. What do you think happens with the roster? And I don't want to say, I, I went over that already, because that's terrible to say, and I really didn't necessarily go over it all the way. Just a little bit. I was kind of uh, moving around a little bit. I think Damon Hunt, uh, Damon Hunt, I think Damon Hunt, I think Brandon DeHame uh, is signed. I think Brandon DeHame is signed for a small raise, um, like a prove-it type of thing, small kind of raise. Not necessarily prove-it, but maybe bridge. And Brandon DeHame is never going to be this expensive guy, I don't think. He does have a skill set that could carry him a long way in this league. Partially, unfortunately, he missed uh, enough time this year that it's probably hurting his chances. But I think Sam Steele is, is not brought back. I think, uh, gun to my head, I think Ryan Reeves is not brought back. I think Ryan Reeves is not brought back because Derek, uh, Derek Felska, uh, Bill Guerin, Derek Felska could be a GM too, but uh, Bill Guerin <laughs> said basically something along the lines of uh, he doesn't want specialists. Ryan Reeves is a specialist in terms of the whole tough guy thing. And, he, you know, I think Ryan Reeves is not brought back. So gun to my head, Reeves is gone. Sam Steele is gone. Um... Nyquist, maybe, maybe, maybe. Sunquist is probably the most likely guy remaining out of the the uh, trade deadline group that'll be brought back. Um, Dumba's gone. That's a done deal. Dumba is gone. Um, he he used a word that we don't like here in Minnesota. He said mini. You know that some people say Australians don't like it when you imitate their accents. We don't like being called mini here. So I'm kind of surprised he said that. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I'm kind of teasing him about it. I'm just surprised, though. You'd think you'd know better. Oh, I just love Minnie. Love Minnie. You know, and uh, we don't like that, though. That's kind of like the, that's the that's the East Coast ESPN over in Minnie. You know, like, no, we don't like it. We don't like it. Stop. 
Belagoski not brought back. Uh, Kalen Addison traded. Kalen Addison traded um, one way or another, like the restricted free agent deal, and then traded away, I believe. Kalen Addison will not be on the Wild next year. Uh, Brock Faber will be on the Wild next year. On the Wild, not Iowa. On uh, Minnesota. So you still got Spurgeon Brogine. They're not probably not going anywhere. Their contracts are too high and like no move clauses because they're 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 God's chosen ones, I guess, for this franchise for now at this defenseman position, regardless of they had a bad season. They they kinda did. Spurgeon actually didn't have a bad season, he had a bad playoffs. I thought Brodine had one of his worst years of his entire career. And I am a giant Jonas Burdine fan. He had one of the worst seasons of his entire career. He was an absolute mess at the beginning of the year. Got a little bit better, but never really looked like Jonas Burdine, you know? Klingberg, I don't think so. I don't think so, but I guess you never know. If he just absolutely loves it here and wants to take a huge discount. Dumba, I'm ready for him to go. And even if he wants to, boy, even if he wants to take a huge discount, I'm ready to move on. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm ready to move on. Merrill, well, he's extremely cheap, and he's not that good. Maybe he's a seventh defenseman, possibly. But, um, so there's, gosh, that's kind of crazy when you think about it. Yeah, there's four guys that will for sure be here. Uh, Spurgeon Brodeen, Middleton, and Brock Faber will all be on the Minnesota Wild next year. That does leave room for people. Maybe, you know, maybe that bottom defense pair, maybe we make a signing. Uh, John Merrill would be like the fifth, sixth, seventh kind of guy. And then the other two players that could be on this team. You might see a Damon Hunt. You might see a Ryan O'Rourke. You might see a free agent signing. You might see maybe they give Kalen Addison another chance. I say probably not. Um, you know, maybe he, he has better luck on a different team, this type of thing. Um and you might, yeah, you might see something like that younger guy or some uh, signing. Goligoski probably gets traded. I'm guessing Goligoski gets traded. Um, but you never know. Maybe they bring him back again. Can't imagine he really was that thrilled about the way things the way things went down this year. Um, didn't get a lot of playing time most of the year. And then he did play and he did well for the most part, and then uh, the playoffs came and he was back on the shelf again. Like, no, that's okay. That's okay. Take a seat, Alex. And it's like, huh. Hmm. But uh, four guys will be here for sure. Merrill will probably be here whether we like it or not. And then uh, some decisions are made from within. Guys maybe earn the position. Guys maybe earn the job at defenseman. Again, because of the cap hell, we're not going to be signing, you know, we're not going to be signing a big free agent defenseman for $5 million a year. Um, no. <laughs> that's impossible um, so Merrill probably stays at 1.2 Goligoski maybe we keep him maybe not otherwise we are um, yeah otherwise uh, it's going to be one of the uh, one of the rookies or two coming up and um, we'll see we'll see how that turns out for the offseason obviously big big it's a huge question because it's a lot of possibilities that could happen um, Hartman obviously he's not going anywhere 1.7 I mean, I don't know. It's I'm not in love with him, but I surely don't hate him either. That type of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's gonna there is gonna be a young guy or two that's here, particularly on defense that's given an opportunity. It's gonna happen. Um, you're gonna see a Damon Hunt or Ryan O'Rourke on the Minnesota Wild for a significant amount of time next year, if not the entire season. If not the entire season, um, and then in a year or two, Pert. Uh, and Lambos possibly might be the guys that really help push this thing forward in the future. Hopefully. Pert and Lambos, Lambos and Pert. 
I always kind of had a feeling Lambos might get traded at some point, but maybe not, though. Maybe not. Well, th that's kind of between him and maybe uh, Kyle Masters or Bank here. But Masters is a right shot, so no. Um, man, I'm, I'm excited about Masters. But yeah, there's Pert and all that. Um, yeah, Lambos is left side. So that, that's what I thought. Lambos is left. I always thought that. So it's going to be interesting. Um, boy, is it going to be. So <laughs> uh, coming up forward. So now we'll jump to the next one. Cool, cool question, though. Obviously, love that kind of stuff. Why am I stuck on this now? Probably have to head back, get back to where I was. Come on now. <laughs> Brian Herrera, there he is. Well, I don't know what all was said. I've been busy with work and kids. How dare you? No, I'm kidding. The one thing, I'm just teasing, the one thing that irks me is Billy not really caring about making it past the first round. Past the first round. I get the cup is the goal, but we haven't passed the first round in almost a decade. Shouldn't that be top bill? No. Um, no. No, yes, no. No, yes, no. Um, I want a Stanley Cup, too. Like, see, when the Minnesota Vikings, people are people are like, oh, we got to at least get to the Super Bowl again, even if we get thrashed by the Chiefs. Uh, you know, at least we got to the Super Bowl. No, 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 no. We get thrashed by the Chiefs. I'll be freaking pissed. I'm not going to drop that word. I'm going to be bleeping pissed. And, yeah, no, I, I want a Super Bowl championship. For the Wild, yes, I understand getting past the first round is a step. You want to take a step. But I want to take a, a bigger step than just get past the first round. And then, you know, like in the past, I hated, you know, man, we beat Colorado and then we lose to Chicago. Man, even in, uh, a more impressive series the next year, we beat St. Louis in six games. We closed them out on home ice. Wild just don't do stuff like that. And then we get swept by the Blackhawks. See, that that was depressing. Then it barely felt like we even got to the second round. Like, say, when the Vikings beat the New Orleans Saints and then got thrashed by San Francisco the next week. It's like, ugh, come on. That was in 2019. So, no, I don't think that's top bill. I, I think uh, top bill is making a playoff run of some sort, which could mean Western Conference final to Stanley Cup final, that type of thing. And hopefully winning it. The Derek Felska round hast returned. Da, da. Better late than never. Better late than never. <laughs> and thank you, Derek, so much for jumping back on board. He said it's about bleeping winning. Why isn't getting past the first round a tan tangible goal for the Minnesota Wild organization if they're not a Stanley Cup contender right now? You know, that's a good point. So I'm sorry, Brian, that is a good point because <laughs> I know how Derek's going to. Yep. Um, is it funny how he retweeted to tout the regular season success instead? Weak. Yeah. Regular season success is very weak. Very weak. Um, it's nice to have. It's nice that you made the playoffs versus, you know, sucking hardcore. But maybe sometimes sucking hardcore for a year is okay. But then again, yeah, once you suck hardcore, maybe you stay down there. That's what people are always afraid of. Um, I understand. Yes, I'm sorry, Brian. <laughs> yes, um, I do think there's more to it than getting past the first round and getting throttled in the second round. I kind of stand by that. Yet, at the same time, yes, I understand. Taking that next step. Taking that next step. Like, if you're not a cup contender, at least get to the second round and then hope for, yeah, hope for some playoff success. Something. Especially especially when your team, you know, clearly was one of the better teams in the regular season for an extended period of time. And you had two goalies that were good. One was okay to above average. 
I actually called Fleury above average. How dare I? Um, no, in stretches he was, but most of the year he was average. Not Gustav Nyquist, too, was way above average, all-star level goalie until the playoffs where he was what he, what he deemed, uh, duh, deemed as average. Um, it's a tangible goal. I get it. I get it. Um, it's just that I, I understand why a general manager is going to poo-poo that only because, because uh, in terms of, well, you know, if, if your only goal is to get to the second round, you're probably not, yeah, you're, you're, you're looking the wrong way. So that's, that's how I see how he meant it. Um, so who retweeted to tout regular season success instead? Yeah, see, I don't like that. No, I don't like that at all. Uh, the North Stars had t- a terrible regular season and went, and went to the cup final. And, well, they, they made it interesting until game four. They did. But, yeah, that, that is a much more fun season. Even though the regular season was crappy and stuff, the 87 Twins were a crappy road team. But one game's at home, and they lost their last five or seven games or something. That prevented the Twins from having a little bit better record than, what, what did they, only win 85 games in 87? But then who won the championship, despite having by far the weakest postseason record? Um, the weakest regular season record going into the postseason, what I'm trying to say. So yes, playoff success is much more important than retweeting to tell regular season success. Yeah, that's extremely weak. Extremely. So I agree with that a thousand percent. That a thousand percent is a real number. <laughs> Derek Felska landing round continuously. Uh, which Minnesota Wild promotional campaign did you dislike the most? If you had to summarize Bill Guerin's presser in a wildlife campaign slogan, no matter how snarky or sarcastic, what would you use to describe it? <laughs> uh, I'm not trying to be a smartass or anything. No, I'm just kidding. Didn't, didn't he say something like that? Um, uh, that's a tough one. Promotional campaign. Did you like this like the most? Um, some of that, some of that not weird wild stuff. It's kind of dumb. Maybe like flowers everywhere in the room. It's like, okay, woohoo. It's kind of dumb. The moose one coming out of the water, it's kind of creative and kind of weird. And he was so freaking disappointing this year. Regular season and postseason, by the way. I said it. Yeah, that guy. The guy that the guy that they call the Moose. For anybody wondering who I'm talking about, Marcus Foligno. Yes, most of you know who the Moose is, I hope. Um, yeah, that not weird wild stuff. It's kind of nonsense. It, I don't like it. I don't like it. There, I, I said it. So I, I'm going to lean that direction. I like the coffee more because it actually it actually made sense. You know why? Zuccarello and Kaprizov passed too much. You were getting too cute. And then Ryan Hartman rolled in, just drank the damn coffee and shook his head. Shook his head and drank the damn coffee. Like, okay, guys, enough. I like that one. That's a slogan. Like, just drink the damn coffee. Stop flipping Saunders around. That type of thing. Um, anyhow, if I had to summarize Bill Guerin's presser in a wild-like slogan, no matter how snarky or sarcastic, what would you use for it? You don't win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, it'll be something like you don't win the Stanley Cup by getting to the second round, or your name doesn't get engraved in the Stanley Cup. Um, that's what I would use. <laughs> it was kind of funny. I I kind of I kind of liked the statement. I thought it was funny, so I, I'm going to lean towards that. Um, <laughs> that's that was my favorite part. That's what I would use to describe it. You don't engrave the stand. You you don't get your name engraved on the Stanley Cup for getting to the second round. For me, that was my favorite part of the whole thing. So I, I would do that. Um, 
where I actually kind of like that part, so I'll go that way. Next, uh, Bill Guerin. I, I hope that was okay how I did that, and that wasn't dorky and lame. I'm, I hope it wasn't. Uh, Derek continues saying, Bill Guerin said that this season's playoff experience helped our players learn what it takes to make it. But they already made it last year, and the year before, and went to the seventh game. Last year was a step back, right? So yeah, um, good. Yeah, you got me going already. Yeah, because yeah, of the... That is really frustrating. Yeah, so I'll, I'll start over. Bill Guerin said that this season's playoff experience helped our players learn what it takes to make it. Ugh. Shouldn't, yes, shouldn't the Minnesota Wild have the smartest team in the league about the playoffs given all these learning opportunities since 2015? Yeah, they, they, they really should. They really should. Learning opportunities, yeah. They really should. Like, you got your butt kicked by the Blackhawks getting to the second round, but you beat the, the Avalanche to get there. That's nice. That's a learning. That's a learning experience, because and you actually didn't get your butt kicked that year. You lost. You barely lost a six game in overtime. You might have gone to game seven in Chicago. That's a learning experience. Like maybe next year you overcome and beat Chicago, go to the West Final, and who knows? Even if it is the L.A. Kings, maybe something happens. Um, <clears throat> man. But then after that, it seemed like, you know, I, again, and then you get swept by the Blackhawks and you figure, okay, we should have learned something there. And then, yeah. And then the next year, you know, you barely make it. You get wasted by Dallas in the first round. And then the next year, you look way the heck better and then get wasted by St. Louis in the first round. I know, I'm going over the same stuff and wasted even more by Winnipeg the next year. So yes, lots of learning opportunities and such. And now you get a, uh, a, a lot of newer guys the next couple of years and all that. They've had enough learning opportunities since at least the Vegas series, if not the uh, Vancouver uh, bubble series, which I count. When I hear people say, I don't count that one, why don't you count it? It was a five-game playoff series against a team you should have beaten. So why doesn't that count? Yeah, I think that's crazy, people that don't count that one. That's a learning experience. Fine. Learning experience because it's new guys like Fiala and stuff. And then the next year you go to Game 7, you look really good, you make a nice comeback in a series and then get wasted in the 7th game. But that's a learning experience. So you build on that the next year with home ice advantage and you lose right away. (sighs) And then the next year, you look like you took some steps back, then you take some steps forward. This team's actually more playoff ready than last year. Well, we won two games instead of one. Oh wait, no, we won two games versus St. Louis last year too. And bleep, bleep and lost in the same fashion, almost exactly the same. So just didn't have home ice advantage this time. So no, they've had, they should be the smartest team in the league. Yeah, they really should be the smartest team in the league. Great point, Derek. Yep. <laughs> Looks like there's a response in there. Stephen Miller, yep. And then it kind of generates a huge back and forth conversation. Not huge, but um, actually, yeah, it, it kind of keeps going. Uh, Steve Miller, I'll, I'll just read this part. He says, the Hurricanes are scary good because almost everyone can score, not just a couple of dangerous players to defend it. 14 skaters with 27 or more points. Yeah, that's pretty good. Four four with star seasons. Yep. Every four in this group had 10 plus goals. Oh, okay, so Stephen Miller says, the Minnesota Wild have a, have a coaching and a talent problem. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that, especially with the special teams. Um, there's definitely lack of talent in certain positions, yeah. Um, I, I thought, wasn't there a response? Or no, Steve was kind of continuing it. What the heck? I swear there were responses in here. 
What the heck? They're gone. That doesn't make sense. But yeah, people showing all different kind of examples and such. So you can check that out. Uh, Connor McDavid, 153 points. Holy smokes. I thought him and Derek were having a back and forth conversation. It looked like it. I don't know if they could. That's an interesting conversation. That's interesting. I don't know what happened there. Um, hmm. Anyhow, two more here. Two more in this lightning round. Um, are the NHL playoffs kind of like the old Sega tease of Nintendo? Sega does what Nintendo don't. The NHL playoff does what the Minnesota Wild won't. Or is that too mean? It's accurate. It's accurate. It's not too mean. I think that's a... That might be the best playoff slogan in, in the history of the Minnesota sports. The NFL, the NFL playoffs, but the Minnesota Vikings don't. <laughs> yes, the the NFL playoffs did what the Minnesota Vikings don't. The New York Giants, the New York mediocres, they, they, the mediocre quarterback that you just signed for a billion dollars. I don't know what you were drinking and smoking when you did that in New York. What are you doing? The guy was lousy, mediocre all season. And then they, yep, that's another rant for another podcast called Purple Mafia, which I already ranted a bit about that. Mediocre all year, but then we made him look like Steve Young or Joe Montana or freaking who knows, uh, Russell Wilson or whatever. Maybe not Russell Wilson because he didn't run for 100 first downs, but he ran for more first downs than we could ever imagine because our third down defense was horse crap. Because I've reached my, my limit for swearing, I think, of this episode. Probably could have had 19 swear words by now. Um, that was an awesome slogan. I mean, that that is... <laughs> Derek, you get a... <laughs> that was awesome. I, I like that. Are the Minnesota Wild... Or excuse me. Are the NHL playoffs kind of like the old Sega tease of Nintendo? Sega does what Nintendo don't. The NHL playoffs does what the Minnesota Wild won't. The Minnesota Wild won't. Or is that too mean? No, it's not too mean. It's not too mean. Because the NHL playoffs drives the net. The NHL playoffs has a penalty kill. The NHL playoffs has a power play. The NHL playoffs is willing to get down and dirty and stop playing cute. Again, again, the best slogan in Minnesota Wild history, or the best commercial in Minnesota Wild history, was when Ryan Hartman shook his head like, stop passing and screwing around, just drink the damn coffee already. Just like scoring a damn goal already. Perfect. Perfect ad. It's the best ad the Wild ever did. Ever. The worst ad is some of that other nonsense. Like flowers in the locker room and mooses coming out of the water, um, holding a hockey stick while wearing a uniform and, you know, yeah. It's cool and creative, but it's, I don't know, kind of dumb. And guys dancing in the locker room and stuff after winning a regular season game. I mean, yay. That's great. You want a regular season game? That's good. Okay. Now keep, keep, uh, whatever. Keep your eye, keep your eyes on the prize. Final tweet of the day. Derek Felska says, it has been tossed out that the Minnesota Wild are probably interested in dealing Kalen Addison and possibly Marco Rossi. Would you be in favor of this? Addison, yes. Uh, Rossi, it kind of depends on what you're getting. And you know what? I'm... I, I'm right about there. Right about there with Marco Rossi. Just about. Just about. So far, he's not as advertised. In fact, he kind of scares me a little bit. Kind of like Ben, you know, like a Ben Wapulia. Um, hopefully, we can get more than Guillaume Latendresse. You know, get a guy that's always hurt, never prepared, and stuff. 
a guy that was just kind of like it was kind of one bust for another bust. Hopefully, uh, someone else uh, sees something on Marco Rossi that um, they'd be willing to give up a, 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 something significant for him, be it a higher draft pick or whatever the heck. Another prospect that maybe, just maybe, hopefully will fit better with us uh, than that other team and something happens. Maybe both guys end up, end up succeeding. Where it's not a lot to undress for Puglia, it's, well, I don't know, Dave Gagne for whoever. You know, like a Dave Gagne. You know, like he's, it's the next Dave Gagne that comes. Like, wow, he's pretty good. Like, he's, he's surprisingly good, you know, that type of thing. Um, looks like there was a response or two. This might have been where there was a little back and forth. Mick Chicken says, well, if they're looking like a, if like a bus, dump them before anyone else figured it out and get whatever you can. Yep. Derek says, I agree, instead of just rot, uh, if it's just rotting on the vine. Yeah. Yep. That was good. Steve Miller continues with this uh, thread here. The Wild need a coaching staff who build player confidence rather than tearing it down. Derek Felsley says, I don't think confidence is the only issue with one of those players. Interesting. Um, KFN Girdle says, as in all things, it would depend on the return. Yep. And then Dave Johnson says, Addison, yes. Rossi, no. Uh, looks like there were a couple of responses to Stephen Miller. Conf- yep. He doesn't think confidence is with the players. Yeah, this is where things get a little weird here, where um, Stephen Miller says, there will be another team who will happily play a young Carlson-level talent. Carlson, like Eric Carlson, huh? Yeah, that's what I was like. Eric Carlson, interesting. Um, Derek Felska says, Eric Carlson, you really think Addison is at this level? I think that's a big stretch, or a big reach. Yeah, looks like there was no response. Yep, okay, yeah, that's what I was talking about, the back and forth. So Stephen Miller, Steve Miller was posting a ton of stats earlier, but that's more of a Twitter thing, in my opinion just to kind of look it up and check it out. But Eric Carlson. So Steve Miller, th- Steve Miller th- thinks that uh, Addison could be a Eric Carlson-level talent. Interesting. I, I'm not sure. There's definitely something there, but I'm not sure about the Eric Carlson level. Um, <laughs> Eric Carlson had a couple of mediocre years in San, San Jose and then just blew up again, which is great, uh, after being a fantastic player in San Jose. I don't know if uh, Addison's Eric Carlson, but... Uh, hopefully he is for his sake other than that though I believe that's it uh, really appreciate the back and forth conversations it's not even back and forth but yeah there was a little bit of that but uh, but it was all good and healthy it wasn't disrespectful yeah there are some people on Twitter that are not the best um, obviously I don't need to name names here on Brave the Wild but yeah I mean luckily I've been blessed I haven't had a whole lot of people getting snarky and rude with me but let's just say some people that I know very well were not, I don't know, I don't know. Just, just some, some people just don't know when to just like move on and, and keep their holier-than-thou conversation like they know better than everybody else. So that was kind of, you know, that kind of stuff can be quite irritating. I used to go through that on the Timberwolves Explosion uh, Twitter more often. Uh, on this one, it maybe popped up once or twice, but not much. I've been lucky. I've been lucky. We're also, some uh, some of you other guys that I've mentioned here, you've been through some crap, and I'm I'm sorry to see that happening. It's it's a shame. Um, you guys deserve more respect than you get sometimes, because uh, your hockey knowledge is fantastic, and uh, you know who you are, <laughs> very much so. So uh, thank you so much for this uh, 
thank you so much for this wonderful quality show. Great fan interaction. Uh, shout outs to um, <clears throat> MNW Prospects slash Young Guns on Twitter and Facebook and their own webpage and everything. Keeping up with the prospects. Pavel Bennett out of Chechia. Uh, Justin Baki, Duluth area. Brandon Quas, Wisconsin. You guys are awesome. You do an unbelievable job keeping up with the prospects. It's a absolutely sweet page. Twitter account, Facebook page. You guys are awesome. And I say that with full sincerity. Uh, Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, Kathy Main, Chad Walski, David Abraham, David and Chance Caustic, many others. Uh, Michael Fick, awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, Minnesota Wild Nation, Patrick Turner coming in out of Florida, I believe in the Tampa area. Um, sorry about the lightning in case you kind of like them a little bit. But uh, really appreciate the Florida loyalty to this show and to the Minnesota Wild. I think that's really cool. Um, during the summer, I wouldn't really want to be in Florida. It's probably a little too humid for me. In the winter, it would be probably pretty nice, though, <laughs> most of the time. Obviously, temperatures can dip even there at times, but not too far down like up here. Uh, but, no, thank you guys so much for a wonderful, uh, wonderful show again. Tell your friends about it. Write a positive rating on Apple Podcasts or any of the other apps that allow you to do so. If you could give a five-star rating and write something you like about it, even something you like improved, like Joey babbles too much or something, just please don't give me one to three stars. At least give four or five uh, if possible. Three stars is meh. That's not good. Two stars is just bad. And then one star is like you. it's the worst show ever or sucks, sucks hardcore, which I don't think Brave the Wild does. I, I would hope not. Crease and Assist, don't be afraid to give that one a five-star rating either as well. Crease and Assist podcast, hugely, highly recommended. Um, because, you know, I've been enjoying listening to Lockdown, Lockdown Wild as well. Wonderful show. Um, so thank you guys so much for uh, listening. And we will talk to you uh, next time around. Will it be a week? Will it be two weeks? We'll see. Um, actually, before I step away, I really want to, I'm going to look very briefly at the postseason. I, gosh, I normally, I was actually going to look at that, and then I just stopped. Um, super briefly, I'll just kind of go over things a little bit. Uh, yeah, of course, Edmonton just got beat badly, uh, or actually beat Vegas badly, pardon me. New York Rangers will have a new coach next season. Gerald Gallant is parting ways with the Rangers. So what's going on there? really frustrating. Uh, Florida's up 2-0 over Toronto. I can't believe it. Uh, Carolina looks like they're going to win the Eastern Conference, and I think they will. Uh, you might have a Southeastern Conference final this year. Carolina and Florida. That'd be unbelievable. Dallas and Seattle is kind of locked in. Now, that's going to be a really long series. I think I think that goes to 7. I think Vegas and Edmonton goes to 7. Looks like they're kind of kicking each other's butts. But it looks like Edmonton's the better team. I love Vegas and everything, but it looks like Edmonton is the better team. Um, it kind of is what it is. Right now, if I'm a betting man, and with uh, DraftKings, you could say I am, Edmonton versus Carolina, with the Carolina Hurricanes winning the Stanley Cup. But then again, that might be extremely epic battle back and forth. But I think I think Carolina is the, the best team in the NHL right now. Top to bottom, the coaching all the way down to the, you know, the bottom defensemen, whatever. I think they're the best team in the NHL right now, in, remaining in the playoffs. I think the Carolina Hurricanes are the best team. Uh, Florida's got incredible talent. Toronto is historic chokers despite their incredible talent. Um, good coaching and everything. Um, even Brobrovsky's doing well. So it's going to be super interesting. Vegas is a really nice team. An awesome coach. 
Uh, very talented team, and they're healthier than they've been. But they kind of got their butts handed to them tonight. I, I, I kind of think Edmonton's a little better, whether I like it or not. Seattle and Dallas. I think Seattle's going to win that series. They're they're kind of like, I think they're going to have their little Minnesota Wild or even Vegas Golden Knights type of season. Uh, maybe, they'll, maybe they somehow get to the finals, but I think Edmonton wins the West. I think Carolina wins the East. Carolina wins the Stanley Cup. With that said, thank you for listening. Tell your friends about the show, and we will talk to you in a week or two or so to keep up with the postseason and maybe more Minnesota Wild conversation. Oh, yeah, of, of, of course there will be. Mm-hmm.